taking a high fly to right. High drive. This is tagged, going back, 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 High fly. Hammer to the gap and left side. At the track, at the track, at the track. High and deep That was right. hit a ton. At the wall. This is going to go to the rock pile. Point back at the track. This ball's getting small. Getting small. This is charged. That ball just got out of out of here. Go back to back. Ryan deep. This is going to go for a home run. Way out of here. This this is White Sox Weekly. The White Sox have been busy this offseason. Let's get this thing going. They signed a couple of top free agents and spent some bucks in the process. Boy, this ball is hammered. Oh, my. Mazzaro with a They've closed up some holes. Inside corner, that is a dirty dozen for Dallas Keuchel. Goslin, line shot caught by Gio Gonzalez. They've unleashed La Pantera. High and deep to left. Back goes Kiblihan, still going back. Looking up, and it is gone! A grand slam for Luis Robert. And they've added some serious pop. Back in a deep right field, a no-doubter for Yasmani Grandal. Deep left field, it is We'll get a ride. Edwin Encarnacion. The proverbial window has begun to open. The Chicago baseball conversation. Point back at the track. On the flagship home of the Sox. It is good. 720 WGN. And White Sox Weekly on the air here. And we're with you till 6 o'clock tonight. It's Andy Mazur with you. We've got a lot to get to on our show today. We're going to talk to... Relief pitcher Steve Ciszek. Uh he is a, one of those fortunate guys that uh, was able to uh, stay in the same city, but uh, go to the south side uh, and a contract with the uh, free agency, and uh, the White Sox got him. He's going to be a, a key member of the White Sox bullpen. Also, coming up later on, we're going to chat with Dane Dunning. Uh, this guy has had, if it weren't for bad luck, he'd have none at all. Let's put it to you that way, because what a great 2018 season he had going, and then uh, midway through July started to feel a little bit of a uh, some fatigue. And uh, you know, nobody really knew exactly what it was. They shut him down for the rest of the season. Uh, February of last year, everybody thought that he was back on track and maybe would uh, would get back on the mound at some point. But then in March, we find out that he was one of the guys that would go under uh, the knife and have Tommy John surgery. He is recovering. We're going to find out exactly uh, how he's recovering and how well things are going in that in that rehab process and uh, when he thinks he might be back on the mound. So Dane Dunning will join us at around 5.30 or so uh, later on today. I'm going to leave you with a little warm thought here since we haven't seen the sun in like three months. And, uh, well, I mean, the weather's been okay as far as temperatures are concerned. But, uh, yeah, we have okay, maybe that's a little bit of an exaggeration. only seems like three months. White Sox pitchers and catchers are reporting to Glendale, Arizona, February 12th. For those that are math challenged like myself, I had to look it up and uh, do the math myself, 11 days from right now. Full squad workouts begin February 17th. That is 16 days from right now. And that first Cactus League game is coming up against the Angels February 22nd at Camelback Ranch, three weeks from today. And it'll be right here on the radio for you. And uh, that'll be exciting because this is going to be an exciting year. One way or the other, this is going to be an exciting year. The White Sox have done what they need to do in the offseason, although I may get into this a little bit later, too. I'm not really quite sure that they're finished. Rick Hahn did indicate that uh, a lot of the heavy lifting is probably done at this point, but there are some things that uh, might be uh, in need of a little um, extra depth, shall we say, second base maybe being one of those spots, until Nick Madrigal can come up and uh, claim what is rightfully his. 
at this particular point. Maybe a little outfield help. Not exactly sure what the plan is for a guy like maybe Adam Engel. Is he going to be a center fielder slash right fielder slash left fielder? I mean, we don't know. He started to hit the ball toward the end of last year as well. And I know we talk about the bullpen. We talk about C-Shack coming in. But is there a need for maybe another guy? To be out there, maybe a long reliever, maybe somebody that uh, can come in in the fifth inning uh, if a starter is not doing the job and give you a, a little bit of length. Looking at that coming up in, in just a few moments, too. But uh, the the excitement is it's palpable. We just got back from uh, SoxFest last weekend, and it was really kind of cool to see the atmosphere there, bringing it in now to the uh, McCormick Place with everything in kind of in one uh, central location which means you didn't miss anything. I mean, there was you couldn't miss the big stage uh, where we did a lot of the the uh, the panels and the seminars uh, toward the back of the room. There were some mini seminars going on in some of the rooms off to the uh, to the sides, but uh, it was kind of it was kind of neat to sit up there on that stage and look out and just see a sea of humanity. I mean, there were a lot of people uh, really crammed in there, which was nice to see because yeah, I know it was a little tough to move around at times, but you know what? I think you're going to figure it out once you once you get used to the venue things will start to work itself out a little bit. I mean, the flow will be a little bit better. And, uh, you know, the first year of everything, is just, it's new and things uh, things need to be worked out. But I, I think everybody that I talked to, at least there, had a, had a tremendous time, uh, both there and after the fact, uh, people commenting about it. And it was really kind of uh, nice to be able to be around that hype. I mean, we've heard it. We've been talking about it here on the radio, but we haven't really been immersed in it. We haven't been able to see the looks on your faces as White Sox fans when you, know, you hear guys like Frank Thomas and Ozzie Guillen even talk about how well this team is equipped now to make a run here in the Central Division in 2020. It's hard to kind of replicate that when you can't see it. You know, I mean, you, you gotta you gotta put dry balls on it sometimes. And I can tell you, I mean, it was it was exciting to watch the looks on some of their faces, and it was kind of nice to see the looks on some of the younger guys' faces too. I saw Nick Madrigal uh, walking around a little bit. He's kind of an old veteran at these things now. But uh, Andrew Vaughn uh, was up on stage with uh, with our buddy Darren Jackson. Uh, the first rounders were up there at uh, at one point, and it was really kind of cool to watch them uh, looking out over the crowd as well because everybody's ready, everybody's ready to go, and uh, I-, I love the attitude that uh, the front office is uh, kind of employing at this point too. Rick Hahn says, "Listen, yeah, we won the off season, perhaps, but you know, by a lot of accounts, they had the best off season of any team in in baseball, uh, certainly here in Chicago." And uh, the thing is, you haven't won anything yet. And he knows that. And Ricky Renteria, he knows that. The players out there on the field that are in uniform, they know that as well. This does set up a little bit of expectation, which is not a bad thing. I mean, it's nice to see how these guys are going to uh, respond and react to what has been given to them at this point. They are equipped. They are ready. And uh, we'll get this thing underway here very soon. It uh, Again, pitchers and catchers, February 12th. Full squad, February 17th. First game, February 22nd which will be right here on WGN Radio. And you'll hear all games uh, all season long as well right here on 720 WGN. Hey, Sox fans, single-game tickets are on sale right now. Be here for all it and watch us change the game in 2020 and get your tickets at WhiteSox.com. And also, we want you to stay up to date on all things White Sox, signing up for the free White Sox blacklist. You get breaking news, prospect updates, special ticket offers, and more delivered right to your inbox. Visit WhiteSox.com slash blacklist, and you can sign up today. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll hear from Steve Ciszek, the new member of the White Sox bullpen. White Sox Weekly rolling on here on a Saturday evening on 720 WGN. 
It's great to be back with WGN. It's White Sox Weekly on the official radio station of the Chicago White Sox. 720 WGN. White Sox Weekly continuing here on 720 WGN, joined by one of the new members of the Chicago White Sox, Steve Ciszek. And first of all, Steve, I want to find out uh, your thoughts about SoxFest. You got to meet a bunch of fans last weekend. Yeah, it was a blast. You know, it was it was awesome. I actually showed up a little bit early, um, had a little bit later flight, and I walked into like the back end of, um, you know, the season ticket holders uh, dinner and um, dinner par- slash party. And it was it was pretty cool to see how excited the fans are for the season um, to be able to go on stage and uh, and just you know talk with them for a little bit and get to know them afterwards with some pictures and stuff like that. It was a lot of fun. Definitely. There's a lot of passion and a lot of, uh, a lot of buzz in the, in the air here around the south side, of course. And, uh, you know, I want to get your thoughts, too, because I, I know they reached out to you very, very quickly after the uh, the World Series ended. I think it was a couple of commercial breaks after the World Series ended and they reached out to you. It's got to be nice to know that a team really wants you that badly. Yeah, no, it was, it was definitely definitely take my interest. You know, I was, when the when a team like you know, like the White Sox calls that early, you kind of watch and see what happens during the off season. You know, see what moves they're trying to make. And when I saw, obviously, when I saw, you know, you know what they were able to do, I, and knowing that it could be possible, they could give me a call again. I, you know, you kind of hope that they do because I wanted to be a part of something like that. So it was really cool to see all the moves that were made, and I'm excited to be be with the, with the team. Yeah, what was it like to get to to know some of your new teammates? At least be able to see them in person uh, at White Sox Fest. Yeah, it was awesome because uh, I don't really know many people on the team. You know, I played with Gio for like two weeks <laughs> and then um, Colum A for like two months. So, I mean, that, and that's, you know, pretty much it. And Marshall, um, I got to know in Seattle. So, you know, it's it good to see, uh, you know, Marshall again. We got to catch up a little bit and then also get to meet some of the new guys for sure. Steve Cisek joining us here on White Sox Weekly on WGN. You know, you made some comments last year, too, or even thought, I guess it was this year, about what you faced last year in this ball club with the White Sox when you were on the other side of town. Uh, you kind of had an inkling that this was going to be a, a good uh, good little ball club going forward. Yeah, you know, you could see um, what the young guys uh, did last year, obviously. They had tremendous season, you know, um, and, you know, you could see, you know, where if, if the White Sox were to put together some um, you know, fit in some pieces that they needed. It could be a really good ball club, and sure enough, you know that's what they did this off season. Is they, you know, they took the core group of guys who performed really well last year, and then fit in some veteran guys to hopefully help them get better, you know, and progress throughout their career, but also to win this season. Yeah, I know GM Rick Hahn is being very careful though, because uh, you know you you can win an off season and then go into a regular season and you know something doesn't work out and you you know you're kind of disappointed. He's hoping obviously that you win the the off season and continue that going right into the regular season. Uh, is there any pressure involved in that? I mean, I know you've you've been in these situations before. Yeah, I mean, sure, there's some pressure, but at the end of the day, you know, we're we're all there to compete and to win ball games. You know, we want to we want to go into the postseason and beyond. And if you don't really have that fire to do so, then you shouldn't be playing the game. And you know, like I said, with the moves this off season, you know, gave us a, a lot better chance. That's for sure to play beyond the regular season. And you know, our and our expectations as as competitors are to do that. So um, he, you know, Rick gave us the best opportunity to play beyond the regular season, and I'm looking forward to hopefully putting together a great year with these guys. Yeah, and for you and your family, uh, it's a rare opportunity for a guy that changes teams to stay in the uh, the same city. That's got to be really cool for you because you've gotten to know the city at least for a couple of years. Oh, for sure. You know, we 
it was, it was just like the cherry on top for us. You know, we, we loved being in Chicago the past couple of years. Uh, and then to be able to come back again for another season means a lot. And I, my family loves the city. Um, you know, my girls love going to the museums, aquarium, all that stuff. You know, we, we, it was like another home for us. And so it meant a lot to be able to come back. Yeah, I think they like the food on the south side really well, too, by the way. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. Yeah, I can't wait to try it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I want to get uh, kind of into your head a little bit about the the bullpen and the roles. And is it better when a reliever knows that he's got the seventh or he's got the eighth, or, or does it does it not matter to you at all? I think in general, yeah, guys would prefer to know when they're pitching so they can mentally prepare. It just makes it easier. You know, you know when you know when you're probably going to go in a ball game. You know how to you know start a routine, get ready. And so on, and you know, fix your mind on the batters you're about to face. Um, for me personally, you know, I I've, I used to like have, having that mindset, but now, like the past three years, I've kind of went to ball games unsure if it was going to be the sixth, seventh, or eighth inning, and I kind of like the uncertainty. It kind of puts you on edge a little bit. So when you go out there, you get a little bit of that adrenaline flowing that you wouldn't that I wouldn't have if I'd known I'd be the set seventh inning guy, you know, the phone rings. It could be you, your, your heart starts racing. And uh, when, it, when your name's called, you're ready to go. Yeah. I know Ricky Renteria is really looking forward to having the options that, uh, that he does out there in the bullpen, because it's not a slight on a guy if he doesn't pitch the eighth, because, uh, you know, you may have pitched the eighth the next, the day before, and you, they made you need you to get the, the biggest out in the sixth, or the seventh, right? Absolutely. You know, and, um, you know, I was able to close earlier on in my career. So I've had that experience. So, my mindset's been since then, if I'm not pitching the ninth inning, you know, it's like, you know, to treat this inning as if it were the last three outs of the game. And I kind of go in with that mindset. It's like, no one can get on, no one can score. Obviously, it's unrealistic every outing. But that's the mindset I try to have. And, um, you know, I carry that to, it could be even the fourth inning. And I've been in that situation before. So I treat every inning as if it were the ninth. Yeah, there, there could be a save recorded in the sixth inning. I mean, it may not go in the books as a, as a save, but you're right. I mean, that, that might be the biggest out of the game to get, and they turn to you. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it, it, that could be the, you know, the swing of the game, right, the, you know, momentum swing. So, as a reliever, if I come in and there's guys on base, it's my job to shut them down and prevent that momentum from, um, you know, from happening. Steve Zizek, one of the new relievers of the White Sox, joining us here on White Sox Weekly on WGN. I wanted to get your thoughts, too, on this new rule coming into effect this year about uh, relievers coming in and having to face three batters. Uh, I, you know, I, I haven't really looked in depth at your splits, but I would imagine as a, as a veteran type of pitcher, it doesn't matter to you if you face lefties or righties, and uh, that three-batter three, uh, three batter rule shouldn't really affect you, right? Right. I mean, I, I, like I said before, you know, I've closed in the past. I had obviously faced lefties and stuff back then. I mean, it's, to me, it's all the same. You know, I have a game plan against each guy. Um, and I know you guys money is probably already developing now for all of us anyways because the dude is just um, just locked in, ready to go. So, I mean, that makes our job easier. But, like I said, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's a lefty or righty coming up. But, you know, I, my job is to get, get it done. I'm, I'm curious, when did you discover that uh, you were going to have success or, or first uh, tinker with your style of pitching, sidearm, rather than uh, three-quarters or over the top? Was it always that way for you? Yeah, um, you know, it's something that I never realized where my arm slot was until college. I uh, I never saw myself pitch on video before until I got to my freshman year in college. And um, basically in my mind, I was throwing like Derek Lowe with 
Pedro Martinez's tempo out of the windup. Uh, I wanted low sinker, and uh, sure enough, when I looked on video, I'm like, I look nothing like either one of those guys. Uh, I thought I was throwing over the top, but it was low three quarter. Like it's it's just a natural arm slot for me, and something I've been able to kind of, you know, master over the years. I guess you can say. Yeah, does that kind of lead to your your durability and the the fact that you're able to to, uh, go so many innings in a year and and have so many appearances? Um, maybe I'm not. I'm not really sure. Like the science behind it, all I know is. uh, I do get sore, believe it or not, but um, and tired here and there. But yeah, it probably it probably does help. I mean, I can't imagine you know why it wouldn't. But I also do a lot of preparation, you know, going into a season of baseball. You know, it's it's a long year. You know, you put your body through a lot, and so in the off season, I take it really seriously. I'm very regimented, and I, you know, I work really hard to try to build up to endure a long season like that. Yeah, I was just imagining too. I mean, it's a much more natural uh, throw, I guess, when you're throwing sidearm as opposed to uh, putting all that stress on other parts of your body when you're when you're throwing over the top or even three quarter. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what that's what a lot of people say, and you know, yeah, maybe it has. I, I think you could, between that, the fact I'm from Massachusetts, maybe I didn't play baseball year round as a kid like a lot of you know other players do. Around the country, you know, Florida, California, and so on. Um, so I'd maybe save some bullets there. People thought, um, you know, I, all I know is I'm just going to keep riding it out as long as I can. <laughs> See what happens. Absolutely, that's a, that's a great way to look at it. You know, you mentioned regiment, and uh, what kind of regiment do you go through in an off season, and uh, when do you start ramping it up, getting ready for spring training? Yeah, uh, in the off season, I'm usually I'm weightlifting, uh, weight training four times a week. You know, Monday, Tuesday, Thursdays, and Fridays, and then usually Wednesday and Saturdays is movement day with, like, sprint work and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, we have Sundays completely off for sure. You know, I, I take it very seriously. You know, I've been training at the same place, uh, Crusty Sports Performance, since 2009. And, you know, other than my hip issues, you know, which was kind of like a genetics thing, um, I wouldn't have any sort of major injury, you know, had it been – you know, for like I said, having the hip surgery. But you know, other than that, I've, I've been feeling great, and and it's worked for me this far. And I'm just going to continue doing it. Well, here's hoping that continues, Steve. And uh, again, welcome to the welcome to Chicago again. Welcome to the other side of town, and I hope you have a great year. All right, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. You got Steve Ciszek joining us here on White Sox Weekly. We'll have more coming up on 720 WGN. Back on 720 WGN, White Sox Weekly continued our chat with Steve Ciszek. Sponsored by Mazda of Orland Park and ZoomZoomNation.com when they're always trying to make your car shopping fun. And fans, don't forget the 2020 ticket packages are on sale right now. You can secure your seat with a 20-game plan. Find the plan that meets your schedule and budget with lower-level plans starting as low as $403. For more information, visit WhiteSox.com or call 312-674-1000. Andy Mazur with you here on White Sox Weekly. We'll take you up until 6 o'clock here tonight. We'll also have some uh, Blackhawks hockey returning to action at uh, 6.30. Chris Bowden will be by with a pregame show for the the uh, Blackhawks and the Phoenix. They used to be Phoenix. Now they're the Arizona Coyotes anyway. Right, there you go. That'll be coming up uh, a little bit later on. Right now we want to welcome in Dane Dunning to our broadcast here. And, Dane, how you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Good. I just want to know, uh, how did you enjoy Sox Fest this year? Oh, uh, it was a blast. That was just grateful to be a part of it did you uh you, you took part in a couple of panels right yes yeah so i uh i had a couple of events they had me scheduled throughout the days and uh it was nice i got to meet a bunch of the fans and and then the time in between i was able to explore the city a little bit oh nice good to see uh, nice, nice to get to exposed to uh to a great city like chicago and hopefully you're going to be here one of these days soon and uh, along those lines just curious how your rehab is going from uh, from tommy john and uh, where things kind of stand for at for you at this point 
Uh, it's going actually very well. Um, I'm I'm closing on the back end of my surgery and back into my rehab process. Uh, I've been off the mound throwing bullpens, and um, as of right now, it looks like I should be throwing in some games at the end of spring training, as if all goes to plan. And then from there, it just depends on situations of like because I'm probably going to be inning limit this year, just just because of last year I didn't throw any and everything, and trying to keep me healthy for the years to come. So. There's a, but ultimately it's looking like June. Okay, well that's good to hear. I mean that's uh, that, that there's good to see a light at the end of the tunnel, isn't that? I'm sure for you. Oh, it's I mean it's night and day. It's, I'm just happy to be able to throw a baseball again. <laughs> and, and I'm kind of curious along those lines too. And I've I've talked to a bunch of people that have had the surgery, and uh, I'm curious from your perspective, what's the harder rehab? Is it the mental aspect of things or the physical aspect? It's definitely the mental aspect of it. Just. Just knowing that at that point where you're getting your surgery, that baseball has been just been taken away from you, and you're not be able to play the sport that you love for the, you know, the year you're doing rehab. So I mean, it could sometimes it can go up to two years, and it's just it's such a hard mental strain, just trying to get yourself every day to come in like, all right, I'm getting better, especially with all the feelings in your elbow. Where, I mean, every day it's not going to feel great, and I mean, you go through pain and all that, and. Like every day, just pushing yourself. Like, all right, tomorrow's gonna be better. Tomorrow's gonna be better, and it's but, but yeah, it's the mental aspect is definitely the harder. Does it help to have guys that uh, are around you and close to you, guys like Michael Kopech, who are who are going through it and have gone through it, to to kind of say, yeah, I felt that too. Don't worry about it. That's okay. Yeah, I felt that as well. Yes, I mean that's probably the biggest thing that I've I've relied on is just other teammates. Every time that if I have a feeling or something, I always go to my other teammates, ask them. And because, um, I mean, like, Kopech's going through it. We had Jace Fry had it done and, uh, like, Bummer and a bunch of other people. So I'm able to just bounce ideas off them, talk to them, like, hey, what would you do for this? What would you do for that? And it's definitely benefit me, especially in the mental side, knowing that they went through it and that I can definitely get through it. Dane Dunning joining us here on White Sox Weekly. Andy Major with you here on 720 WGN. I would imagine too. It's nat- almost uh, kind of a natural thing when you get back out there and throwing. To maybe you look at it as uh, kind of babying the elbow a little bit because I mean, and it's only natural because you had surgery on it and you don't want anything else to happen to it, right? Yeah. So we have a long program that that kind of helps build us up. That way, we don't get into a game and we are baby- babying it. We have pro- like our program is built in, so we're going to be able to throw hard throughout multiple innings and multiple times. That way we can get back to throwing how we used to throw. Is that also kind of guard against trying to do too much? Because you can you can get into it, you can start feeling really well, and then think, okay, I got this. I can I can go and, and kind of ramp it up before it's time to ramp it up? Um, I mean, that definitely is a possibility. Um, but that's not something I'm, I'm trying to think about or to look at. I'm just trying to take it you know, one throw at a time, one pitch at a time, and see how I feel from there. And that's just that's been my goal since I, I started this throwing program. That's a, that's a good way to look at it, and I know it's probably a more tough to do that because you want to get back out there, obviously, but you want to be healthy at the same time. Exactly, yes. Does a, does an injury like this kind of allow you to, to step back a little bit, to evaluate things, to kind of maybe try to figure out, uh, even though you're not probably not going to be able to figure out what exactly led to uh, the elbow, maybe it was delivery retooling, but uh, you know to kind of see where things go? Um, I think the biggest thing that me personally, I am grateful that I've had the surgery. It's just 
I'm now relearning a bunch of other, like a bunch of stuff that I didn't know I was not doing as well. So like when it comes to the arm care routine, I got to hit each and every muscle that I haven't hit before. And I feel like knowing that now is going to help me prolong my career for the future, just because back then I wasn't getting my prop, the necessary like things that I needed to do. And I think ultimately it's going to help me now. Do you feel stronger now? I mean, even uh, just being able to rehab and, uh, and have that, the weight training and just having that supervision around you. So yes, I've um I've I've put on quite a bit of muscle from like throughout this like this Tommy John process. Okay, well that's a that's a positive. I mean that's another thing. I mean you, know, you, you don't have to obviously you don't want to go through that to be able to get stronger, but it, it's it's a well, good yeah. result. <laughs> yes, no, definitely. Uh, I mean it's give it's give myself time to think about where I'm what I'm lacking in my body, and like I said, it's giving my time to be able to like focus easily in the weight room. Just, all right, like I need a hit my legs a little bit harder or my core a little bit harder and be able to get that nice balance throughout my body or when it comes to when I'm playing in the game, I'm full force. Chatting with Dane Dunning here on 720 WGN White Sox Weekly continuing here on this Saturday night. I'm kind of curious, too, going back to when you first started to feel something. What, what did it feel like to you? And uh, I guess when you're, you're pitching in 2018, things are going really well for you and then all of a sudden you have that little setback. Yeah, so... My experience was a little bit different than majority of Tommy John guys. Um, I, I believe that like majority of my friends who have had it has, it's been a like one pitch kind of just blew my arm out. Mine was a process of three or four starts, but it wasn't bad until my actual start. I threw where I blew out. Um, I would throw my curveball in warmups. And the first curveball I would throw, I'd hurt my elbow. And I'm sitting there like, all right, this just doesn't feel right. So I'm thinking in my head, I mean, I've already played half a season. Like, maybe my body's starting to get a little tired. I'm just not feeling that great today. Like, I didn't think anything of it. And then the next start, same thing. And then two starts later was the start of my, or the day I blew out. And the first curveball hurt, then the second curveball hurt. Now I'm kind of worried, like, all right, it's not going away like it usually does. And then ultimately, two, three, four innings in, I'm pretty much in tears throwing. And I, and it's just, it was hard just because I'm, I'm trying to stay out there as long as I could and just pain in my elbows. Just, yeah, it was tough. Yeah, I mean, being the competitor that you are, you're also coming into a new organization you got traded for, and, and I'm sure you wanted to make a great impression. And that kind of factors into it as well, and I'm sure it was difficult for you to come to that realization that something was wrong. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's mainly just knowing that at that point in time, baseball right then was taken away from me. It wasn't mainly like I was injured, all right, like that was fine. It was just knowing the fact that I was out for the rest of that year and then possibly the year after that, and just not be able to play the game I love, that was the hardest thing for me. Yeah, when you take something away that, uh, that that's, that's all you really know and all you really want to do, that it's, it's a cruel thing. But I, I, you, yeah, know, you, had, you, had, you had to realize, though, like, eventually that it would be the light at the end of the tunnel like you're getting to at this particular point. Oh, yes. It, I mean, once again, once I was able to talk to everybody and be like, all right, like surgery – and everything, and I was able to talk. I was able to see the light at the end of the tunnel. 
It's just at that specific point in time, it was very difficult. <laughs> yeah, hard to see the forest through the trees at that point because it's just so immediate, and and you don't know at that point, do you? Nope, not at all. Yeah, the option. Uh, yeah, that's uh, it's it's a scary thing. I I, I get that. Uh, I, I'm curious how supportive the White Sox have been too. I mean, obviously they bring you over because they have uh, very high expectations for you uh, when you come over from the Nationals, a uh, former first round pick yourself as well. Uh, how supportive has the the entire organization been of you through this process? They have been awesome. Um, every step, every every option that I've taken, they've been there to discuss with me everything, and they've always been there to back me up through everything as well. I mean. The White Sox has just been a phenomenal program to be a part of, and, and you know we've heard that from other uh, other guys too that have gone through these kind of things, and, and it's great to know that because obviously you're you're an investment for them, and that they, it, it it pays for them to do that. But I mean, they don't have to do that. I mean, they can be like, okay, yeah, well, no. yeah, we can put you guys to the side, but yeah, they're, they're really behind you. No, yeah, they they're definitely here to support us, especially throughout the like through the minor league organization. Um. They're, they have been great, like awesome. They've just they've been supporting me from since day one, since the first day I got traded and came over here. I haven't felt neglected at all or anything. They've been they talk with me throughout the days. They talk with me throughout the weeks. I mean, it's it's awesome to be a part of this organization. Dane Dunning joining us here for a few more minutes on White Sox Weekly. Appreciate his time. And uh, you're a member of the 40-man roster these days, and uh, and you said you'll hopefully be getting in some games maybe toward the end of spring training. Have you set some realistic goals for yourself for, for 2020? Um, I mean, to get back as like, quickly as possible, that's my, that's my biggest goal. But ultimately, it's just being healthy throughout my my entire career. So getting back you know, at the end of spring training or maybe a month after, doesn't bother me when it comes when I look at the long run of things because I'm not trying to come back for a year or two. I'm trying to come back and hopefully play for five, ten more years. Yeah, and you still, and, uh, and you still have youth on your side at 25 years of age. Exactly. So, uh, I'm, honestly, there's no rush for it for me right now. I'm just trying to take it, like I said, one day at a time and just focus on getting healthy right now and not trying to rush into things and and ultimately hindering my career then. All right, last one for you here, kind of a general question. Uh, as, you're, as you're watching Rick Hahn do his thing this offseason uh, and acquiring all these, uh, these big names and some, uh, some, some good talent, uh, what, what was going through your mind? Uh, no, I think it's awesome. Uh, just picking up the people we did, Yasmani, picking up uh, Keichel. I mean, that's uh, – I think it was great pickups. I mean, just, just to benefit because we have such a young lineup coming through. And um, I think picking up these veterans that have been in the league for a very long time is going gonna, is gonna to help us out in the long run, just be able to for them to show us the way. And, um, no, I think it's these pickups are awesome. Well, Dane, uh, congratulations on the getting through part of this year, and hopefully we'll, we'll see you on the mound out there late in spring training. And uh, we wish you nothing but continued good health. Well, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Dane Dunning taking a few moments out of his day here to join us, so we certainly appreciate that. Uh, you know, he's got his head on right. I mean, there, there's no doubt about that. And uh, the thing that he said that kind of jumps out of me the most is just about the fact that he's got these teammates to, to kind of lean on. You know, Michael Kopech, when he started with this whole thing, when when he got hurt in that game against Detroit, first kind of first guy he mentioned was Lucas Giolito because Giolito was one of the first to talk to him and tell him, yeah, you're going to be – you're going to be down, and you're going to go through some ups. You're going to go through some downs, but you're going to get through it. All these pitchers have have track records of being able to get through it. Now, again, 
it's not a guaranteed situation by any stretch when you and you hurt your elbow and you have surgery on it. But uh, I, I like the attitude, and I like especially what he said toward the end there with the fact that he doesn't want to be back for a year. He wants to be back for the rest of his career. You don't want to be uh, you know back on the scene and and then going back to some old habits and doing some things uh, the, the way that uh, you may have gotten hurt. Uh, he wants to be uh, an effective member of uh, of this White Sox pitching staff going forward, and uh, we wish him nothing but, but the best. Great kid to talk to, and uh, certainly, again, appreciate his time here on White Sox Weekly. Upgrade your game day in 2020 with premium seating. You can enjoy an all-inclusive experience with packages starting at just 20 games. Cheer on the White Sox from the best seats in the house. For more information, visit WhiteSox.com or call 312-674-1000. And remember that Sox games are so much better when you bring a group with you. It's never too early to lock in your 2020 group package. From a diamond suite to a pregame patio party, we have the perfect space for your occasion. For more information, visit WhiteSox.com or call 312-674-1000. White Sox Weekly will continue coming up here in just a few moments. Uh, I'm going to kind of pontificate a little bit. I hope you'll uh, indulge. (laughs) As, uh, again, we talk a little bit more about uh, what might still be uh, in the pike here for the White Sox before the 2020 season starts. Yeah, Rick Hunt said heavy lifting's done. But there might be some, uh, you know, some lightweights to, you know, lighter weights to pick up. Not, you know, not that these guys are going to be lightweights. You have to pick them up. I'm just talking about the the, the weightlifting analogy here. You know, heavy lifting done. The the less heavy lifting now uh, can can go ahead for Rick Hahn and uh, his staff as well. We'll kind of delve into that as we wrap things up on White Sox Weekly here in just a moment on 720 WGN. White Sox Weekly. We are extremely excited about this edition. He strikes out the side. 13 straight. Retired by Dallas Keuchel. We view this as the next logical step in our process. One that was a high priority for us entering this offseason. And that being adding someone who not only uh, helps stabilize the rotation, but someone who is uh, going to be a key contributor inside the clubhouse as well. Now back to White Sox Weekly. General Manager Rick Hahn talking a little bit there about Dallas Keuchel, one of the uh, the big names that was acquired here in the uh, the off season, and uh, it was interesting when uh, when Mark Carmen and I talked to uh, Rick Hahn last week just after the the press conference that they had at the Guaranteed Rate Field. I, I mentioned to him too. I mean, because the last couple of seasons you've seen guys brought in specifically for the the reason that they're a good role model. Uh, again, Ivanova pitched very very well uh, last year. Uh, James Shields was that guy a couple of years ago. But now you're bringing in guys that can pitch and can pitch effectively and are still relatively young where they can contribute uh, on an everyday basis and yet contribute in the locker room as well. So it's kind of that byproduct of being able to bring in these guys. Now, listen, no slight on Nova and no slight on James Shields. But, you know, you move up and as you start to climb a little bit here. Th- these are the kind of guys you want to bring in. Uh, Gio Gonzalez uh, still a fascinating story to me. Uh, drafted by the White Sox in 2004, and uh, will be pitching his first ever game for the White Sox <laughs> uh, when he does that uh, in the regular season. So it's uh, kind of interesting how uh, how things uh, work themselves out or don't work themselves out, as the case may be. But of course, those are two of the, the more high-profile uh, acquisitions here in the offseason. Of course, Yasmani Grandal was the number one guy that kind of got things rolling for the White Sox, and it, you know, it kind of seemed like it made him legit at that time, because if you go out and you get a guy like Yasmani Grandal, who they tried to get a couple of times, and then did get, it it kind of looks at uh, you kind of look at it as a player from the outside, especially if you're a pitcher, and you say, well, you know, they've got Yasmani Grandal now. I think I want to be there, and uh, if I have my choice, and as a free agent, you do, uh, that's that that's kind of one of those things that tips the scales a little bit when you've got guys that are not only names but are very very good players. 
And Yasmani Grandal, another thing that we talked to Rick Hahn about last week was the fact that he gets a lot of uh, credit and a lot of uh, the accolades for his hitting, and he should. I mean, he's got a lot of power uh, at, at the catching position. This this is a guy that can hit and can hit the ball out of the ballpark. He can hit from both sides of the plate. Don't get me wrong. But the one thing that, that he's been working on, and I, I got to know him a little bit uh, in San Diego. Uh, it was his, it was his rookie year. He hit home runs from both sides of the plate at Coors Field, and it was great to see. But he was still a little upset with some of his pitch calling that day. And it kind of gives you the, uh, kind of gives you that thought of, okay, this kid actually understands what this is all about. He can't be a one-dimensional type of player. He needs to be a well-rounded baseball player. And when you're a catcher and you're touching the ball pretty much every play of the game, I mean, at least, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're catching. Uh, that's just part of the, w- the way it goes. And he has really excelled lately in pitchers wanting to throw to him. Uh, the ability that he has to frame a pitch. The ability he's got a decent arm as well. Uh, this he's gonna he's gonna be a good uh, a good uh, repellent uh, I guess for the for the opposition's running game too. So you know he legitimizes things. You get Edwin Encarnacion. It gives you a, a very viable, extremely viable option uh, at DH, uh, a place that uh, Jose Abreu has made a lot of uh, uh, made it well known that that's not a position he likes to play. Uh, James McCann obviously can figure into that uh, that mix as well. Uh, however, Zach Collins figures in still to be determined a little bit, I would think. Uh, 26-man roster does open up uh, an opportunity for at least one other player. And a lot of teams, uh, as it's kind of been indicated, are expected to carry three catchers because it gives you options as a manager not to lose a catcher, God forbid, in uh, the, the case of injury. So that'll be interesting to see how that all develops. You know, Nomar Mazzara is a guy that uh, also acquired to play right field who has been a bit of an enigma. Uh, for the Texas Rangers, sometimes we have seen over the years that changes of scenery do a player very well, do a player great, because they're getting the right voice in their ear. Frank Manichino, uh, obviously the new hitting coach uh, for the White Sox, has uh, a reputation of being a, a no-nonsense kind of bare-bones guy who will tell you how you, how it is. And I think that kind of resonates with some players. Uh, again, no slight on Todd Steverson or, or Greg Sparks with that they did. But sometimes it's it's time for a new voice and time for a new uh, guy to get into your ear. And maybe Frank Manichino sees something in uh, Nomar Mazar that he feels like he can he can work with. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, the guy hit 25 home runs, and he's driven in over 100 runs in his career uh, in, in a season. And the home run that he hit against uh, Reynaldo Lopez in Texas might still be going. Uh, 505 feet. So, again, it's not all about the long ball. And I know a lot of people have some, some questions about his defensive ability, which is Kind of what brings me into the next thought and the next process about what what's going to be brought in to sort of supplement things that are going on right now on the field. Because if you look at it objectively and you look around the diamond, you think, all right, third base, pretty good. Uh, shortstop, yeah, pretty good. First base, yeah, pretty good. Second base, a little bit of a question mark at this point. You know, Danny Mendick showed that he uh, has the ability to play at the big league level, uh, getting some time last year, which was really good for him to get that experience, get exposed uh, to what life in the big leagues is like. You know, Larry Garcia is mainly a shortstop. I mean, that's what he he grew up playing. Uh, he's a good middle infielder, and I'm sure he'll get a lot of at-bats and a lot of playing time at, at second base as well. But does that bring you to the point where, okay, you want to have some safety nets there, especially get a look at some guys during spring training? The name Brian Dozier has been mentioned uh, several times. Uh, and, again, a guy that uh, has a track record of being able to hit the ball. Uh, he's kind of uh, come back to reality a little bit in the last couple of years. 
But those are the kind of moves I think that are going to be next. If you're a White Sox fan, you're looking, all right, what's Rick Hahn going to do? Uh, is he going to look to, to make another big splash? Probably not. I think that would probably be uh, something you'll see in season if there's an opportunity to contend for the division. They have some flexibility. Uh, Rick Hahn has been talking about the fact that, yes, he is aware that uh, if needed at the trade deadline, he will have some flexibility payroll-wise to make some deals to keep the White Sox in it. And, uh, you know, that, that's good to hear. I mentioned the outfield, you know, right field with uh, some of the defensive, uh, I don't want to say liabilities, but uh, not as uh, not as great of an outfielder as maybe you'd like to see in right field for, uh, for Nomar Mazzara. But, hey, listen, sometimes you get a guy out there that can hit through mistakes. If you make a mistake in the in the outfield, you can hit a home run to make up for it. I mean, so there, there's that, that, that kind of trade-off uh, that goes on there. But you, you might see some uh, some outfield depth uh, acquired as well. But, again, that's not anything that uh, is really breaking the bank here or breaking uh, breaking news because a lot of teams will do this in spring training with non-roster invitees and, and uh, guys get released during during spring training that uh, may be attractive to, uh, to another ball club. So, uh, again, heavy lifting done. I don't think all the lifting is done. For uh, for Rick Hahn and uh, and his crew as they get ready to go to spring training, yes, pitchers and catchers report in eleven glorious days down in Glendale, Arizona. We'll put the final wraps on this edition of White Sox Weekly coming up here in just a moment. Again, big thanks to uh, Steve Ciszek and also to Dane Dunning for taking a little time out of their day today to join us here on White Sox Weekly. More coming up on seven twenty WGN.